I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBSI Views podcast. With me is Viraj Jatania, CEO and co-founder of Pocket, which provides digital accounts to more than 800,000 people in the UK. But you're not a bank, are you? We're not a bank. We are regulated under the e-money regulations. So we operate within that framework, which you know, has a, a couple of sort of limitations compared to uh, a full banking license. So the kind of key ones are we can't invest uh, our, our customer deposits and loans. They sit in Brinkbent's client accounts. And you know we can't do sort of direct lending from our, our our license. We either need a separate license or partner up with people for that. So, yeah, that's the, the that's the, the sort of the difference. So that's the framework that Pocket operates under. But what you're doing is all about financial inclusion. Yeah, that's right. So you know we really focus on uh, what we sort of define as the lower middle income uh, and financially underserved consumer segment, and that's really. You know, in the UK, kind of broadly maps to sort of the, the bottom half of adults, so around 20, 22 million people in the UK who, you know, really struggle to get access to mainstream financial services, so all the way from everyday banking, but through to you know, remittances, so sending money back home, to getting access to loans, to you know, helping them build their credit score and credit history. These are, you know, insurance products, savings accounts. They're, they're, you know, there are a lot of people who are not getting easy access to those products. And so everything that we're trying to do at Pocket is about providing one app where they are able to get access to all these different products and services, which we kind of deliver either completely ourselves or, or, or with, with partners that we work with. And it's about bringing this segment really into being much more financially included and, and better served when it comes to, to, to these financial services products. I don't want to dance around this, and I know you mentioned the bottom half of the population as as a segment, but there are certain demographics that are more affected than others, aren't there? Yeah, d- definitely. I mean, there's a whole host of shades of grey within that segment, and it, you know, it can be anything from people who are new to the country who really struggle to get up and running and and, and get set up. Yeah, in the UK, we obviously do rely on people coming in for for certain jobs, whether that's in you know, agriculture or carers or you know things like that. So that demographic does really struggle because you know it's the kind of perennial problem they come into the country, you know, can't go to get open an account easily in some of the high street banks, or or it's a really long process. That's one example, but you have other examples. You know, it might be yeah, ex offenders, for example, people who are coming out, rehabilitating out of having been in prison, they leave prison, can't get access to to really any banking services. And so, you know, but there's a whole host. And then you'll have people who may have been bankrupt or, you know, so there's all sorts of various situations and scenarios that customers find themselves in. But our view is that customer segment should have access to the same financial products that we all do. But, you know, a lot of mainstream banks don't really see this as a kind of core group to, to focus on and, and build best-in-class products for. And that's really what we're focusing on doing. It's about really understanding this customer very, very deeply and intimately and the challenges that they have when it comes to their financial well-being and building the products that can help them and improve their financial well-being. Now, we've had a situation in the UK where certain well-known politicians, well, one well-known politician in particular, was debanked. Yeah. Sounds probably not quite as painful as it might have been for him. Now, whatever the rights and wrongs of his own political views, debanking is an interesting issue to get into. It's a huge issue. You know, I think we're seeing 
from some reports that we've read that it's it's up to about a thousand accounts are closed every day in the UK. There'll be some that are closed probably for the right reasons and you know things like if people are attempting money laundering or fraud, those 100% should be closed down because that's in breach of regulation. But I think to start making decisions about closing accounts down based on someone's political views is abhorrent and completely wrong. So, you know, I think there's a responsibility for financial services businesses to make sure that people have access to to products they need. And, you know, if you are closing down an account, it's really for the for the right reason. So I think there is a there is a challenge around debanking definitely in, in the UK at the moment. Well, I've never had an account closed on me. I've had an account shifted on me because apparently I stopped earning enough to be qualify for a particular type of account. And the bank turned around and said, we're going to turn you into this sort of customer instead with no recourse. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, you, you know, we've seen countless examples of that as well. If you, you know, if you don't hold enough deposits with certain banks, yeah, they start adding quite expensive fees to those accounts. It's definitely a lot of a lot of shifting. But there are countless examples of accounts being just closed down for no reason whatsoever. And yeah, it's, I think it's very hard for consumers to understand. And it's very distressing. And this is happening to people in our demographic, but it's happening all the way down to the customers that we serve. So I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a major issue. And, and you know, I think the FCA is it's something they're looking into, I think, in quite a, quite a lot of detail uh, if you, from, from, from you know, what, what we see. Well, access to financial services, and you were, you were getting towards the, the point of this, access to financial services is not a basic human right. But actually, if you do not have access to financial services, there are just a lot of things you can't do in the modern world. For sure. I mean, you know, I'd argue that probably it should be a basic right. If you are not in the financial system, you're at a significant disadvantage in terms of you know how you, you, you how you receive money, being able to spend online, getting access to the you know to, to the to the best sort of prices and and deals on things. As, you know, as a very simple example, if you if you don't pay your utility bill by direct debit, you know you're you're paying a much you're paying a much higher charge. So if you're not catered for by the you know if you're not in the banking system then you're probably going to have a prepayment meter which is charging a much higher rate so you're significantly disadvantaged and and you know the list goes on one example i think is really important is when you look at lending in this in 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 the kind of non-prime market there's been a huge growth in informal lending so uh, as you know as the sort of all the Payday, or, or you know, the lenders to the sort of lower income segment were driven out of the market through due to all the regulatory changes that have taken place over the last sort of four or five years. A lot of people have turned to borrowing from you know someone on their estate or someone at the school gate or you know, someone they know in the community, and you know the costs are unbelievable and it's completely unregulated. That that individual has no has has no recourse. So I think. The, uh, the stats were last year about a million people took loans in that form, you know, which is huge. There's a real challenge if you're if you're outside of the financial system. But I mean, you know, on that specifically, we we have a we have a product which allows people to take a small loan against their salary that they pay into their pocket account, and we just charge a flat fee for it. So there's there's no risk of them accruing big interest costs. They can only take it once in a month. They have to pay it back before they can take it again. So we've really tried to build like a very ethical and very inclusive approach to that. The UK is going to need a lot more of that. You know, we're we're in we're in tough economic times as well. People's incomes are squeezed, and you know, th- 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 there needs to be innovation at this at this level. 
well, this is what you're doing as Pocket. What's the next step? Where do you see yeah. yourself going? So we're a little bit bigger than the numbers you mentioned. So we have about nine, just over 900,000 uh, customers in the UK. And really our two big strategic objectives are around continuing to grow our customer base and, and building that out. And, you know, we think we're only really scratching the surface. There are, you know, as I mentioned, about 20 million people in our kind of core target market. And so there's a real effort on our side to see how we can be as big as possible within that group. And then the other thing that is sort of very complementary alongside that is the products and services that that we offer. Uh, and so we know that you know our customers are really stretched. Like the, the common thread problem for all of our customers is is basically cash flow volatility. You know the incomings don't match the outgoings. And so for us, when we think about our product, there's so many things that we can build to help them solve that problem. So everything from providing a, a, an array of lending products that meet the needs and are delivered very ethically, but then it's also about you know savings accounts, helping them to budget, financial education tools within our app, insurance products so that they can cover themselves for you know uh, situations or unexpected situations to give them a sort of extra safety net. You know we're still in the early stages of this, but we've got sort of quite a, a strong sort of perks and rewards side to our app that helps customers to save money on their everyday spending. So as an example, with our card, if they pay in a, in a Primark, they, uh, with their pocket card, they get 5% back. As, as, and, that, and these are sort of individually de- negotiated deals that we have with, with leading retailers in the UK. So we're really looking at expanding that because if we, if we can do that and we have a, a spread across all the different services that people spend money on uh, and we can help them get some money back from that, that's just giving them more to improve their financial resilience and so you know that's those are the types of things we're doing but there's a long list and and building these products is not straightforward and so you know we're we're sort of very focused on kind of building our product roadmap and having the products that really meet the needs of our customers so that's really the big focus it's sort of be as big as we possibly can be in terms of the the customers that we serve and have a broad set of products that we can meet their needs do you see yourself getting a banking license at some point I, w- I would never say never, but I, at the moment, it's not a, a key strategic uh, priority uh, or objective for us. A lot of it is down to the the, the segment of customers that that we serve and the benefits that I think you get from from the banking license. So, you know, one one of the reasons you would go for the banking license is if you have a large deposit base. Uh, but because our customers are not, you know, are not very high income earners and don't have a lot of additional money to put into savings, we won't get that benefit from that. You know, it makes it quite hard to justify the costs that are associated with having the full banking license. The other, you know, main reason why people get the banking license is to be able to lend at the most competitive rate. Because we are again lending in the non-prime market. You, you know, you're not, you're not, we're not competing with Barclays, uh, you know, to in terms of the, the price that we're, we're charging on on lending. So there is a bit more room for maneuver. So we don't need to raise the deposits at the lowest possible cost. So that I think for both of those reasons, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for us to add in all the additional costs that it, that it requires to have be a fully licensed bank. So you know, it's just it's not only the regulatory capital; it's also the investment you need into your into your teams and your people and you know uh, the operational resilience that that is sort of a few levels above the, the, the space that we operate in. So I think for the time being, it's not a not a, not a key objective. Viraj Jitania, Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder of Pocket, thank you very much.